All right, uh, welcome to the Mesh Point Podcast. Tonight, we're excited to have Jeremy Kubiak. He's the OC at Wascom High School out in Texas. Coach, how you doing tonight? Good, man. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. We're, we're excited to have you. And uh, we, we appreciate you getting out there in your truck and braving the uh, the weather and the Wi-Fi to bring us this podcast tonight. So we appreciate it. Why don't you kick us off, man? Uh, talk about your background, kind of where you played, and then your journey up into this point. Okay, uh, I uh, I graduated from uh, Granbury High School, which is outside of Fort Worth, Texas. Uh, small, or it was somewhat small when I was going to school there. Now it's one of the growing areas. It's almost becoming part of the DFW Metroplex. Almost every time I go back, I don't even really recognize everything. Something new's getting built. Uh, but played there, and then actually I didn't play football or anything in college. I, I was a baseball player. Or I played football. I played tight end and quarterback. You know, uh, growing up, and uh, uh, my dad was a high school football coach there at Granbury. And then uh, I played baseball, and I was a pitcher, and I could I could throw baseball pretty hard. And so I got to go play college baseball for a little bit um, until my shoulder decided it wasn't going to let me do that anymore. And tore my rotator cuff uh, pitching in college, and had to retire that way. And so I, I graduated from from Charleston State University in Stephenville. Uh, just got my coaching degree and started working. Went back right back to Granbury. Stephenville is only 30 minutes from Granbury, so it wasn't that big of a deal. So right when I was graduating, a guy was leaving uh, Granbury at the at Acton Middle School. So I started off at the middle school, seventh, eighth, and ninth grade there at the middle school. And I was the I was the head seventh grade football, basketball, and track coach. Uh, me and two other guys coaching 80, 80 seventh graders, A, B, and C team, and that is like herding chickens uh, he's, he's running all over the place you know here you go here you go here why do you have his helmet on where's your shoulder pads I mean, it's a it's an adventure you know first year and it's it's humbling you know because you come out of college and you think you know everything and then you get to they say all right go teach that seventh grade kid that's four foot eight and weighs 95 pounds how to tackle somebody and so it's a little bit different but from then i went to uh I went to Texarkana, uh, Pleasant Grove in Texarkana. I coached there for two years. Uh, did did some more junior high football. It was a much smaller school than I was used to, and so I was the head seventh grade or head eighth grade, seventh and eighth grade guy. And then, but also, and then coached junior high basketball. Then I was the assistant baseball coach, but also had you know duties on Friday night. I had to chart the defense and write down all the OC plays and everything like that. So you learn how to break the game down even more and, you know, having to write down gaps and, and techniques and everything and get it all before it gets snapped. And if you don't, you're getting yelled at. And why didn't you catch that backer firing? And these guys are going, you know, fast, man. I mean, we're going fast. We're no huddle. You're trying to snap the ball in 12 seconds. Let's slow down. Give me some time. But so then I, I went from there to, uh, to Copper's Cove uh, outside of uh, Austin in between Austin and Waco. And was at Copper's Cove for two years, and, and I learned a lot on that staff there. Uh, a guy named Jack Welch was the head coach there. Uh, he's actually the special teams coordinator at A&M Commerce now. Uh, but he's coached all over the country in Kansas and all over the place. And that was a fun place to work because we were really good. Uh, in fact, our, our quarterback was Robert Griffin III, my first oh, year wow. there. There you yeah. go. Yeah, yeah, it was, uh, yeah we, uh, he, he was pretty good. In fact, I remember – a uh, friend of mine from high school that I actually played with, he was the he was the linebackers coach there, and I was coming over, you know, when I first moved there, and uh, he said, you know, come over, have dinner once you get settled in and everything, and 
I was driving to his house and I saw this kid running down the highway, pulling a truck tire, you know, tied to his waist. And I asked, I asked him, I said, Levi, who is that kid? He goes, that's our quarterback. So we're going to be good. <laughs> we're going to yeah. be really good then. And then, you know, it turned out he was, he was who he was. And so I worked there for two years. We lost the state championship game. Uh, that, that first year I was there, uh, 20, 25 to, to 19 that very first year got beat uh, by the kid. Uh, he actually played for the Atlanta Falcons, Jaquiz Rogers. He played for the Atlanta Falcons. For a little bit. He was the tailback that, we, that beat us. And then I went from there to a place called Bloomington, which is right outside of Victoria, uh, South Texas. A friend of mine got the AD job there. And so I was there as a special teams coordinator and uh, really small school. I had never worked at a school that small before and at a place that did not want a whole lot. That was the first time I'd ever had to work at a place that didn't have a big winning tradition. That was that was rough, man. It was it was a hard culture change, and we failed at trying to change the culture. In fact, uh, then a friend of mine got the Wascom job and called me in January of 2010 and said, hey, man, I want you to come. And I'd worked with him before at Pleasant Grove, and we'd always said if he ever got a head coaching job, I was going to be his offensive coordinator. And so he said, man, I think I'm going to get this job. And I said, okay, well, if you get it, I'm coming. And he kept making it through the interviews, making it through the rounds. And he, he called me one night and said, got it. <laughs> I said, well, good, because I've already packed all my stuff. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> he said, yeah. And so I had the U-Haul ready, and I left uh, that and came to Wascom. And that was in January of 10. And I've been there as offense coordinator at Wascom ever, ever since. That's awesome. Well, you've had a good little journey there. Yeah, so, man, it's uh, been all over. The only part of the state I hadn't coached in West Texas. Uh, yeah. So yeah. maybe maybe before I retire, I might try to find a place out there just, just to say that I did it. But well, I've been good. pretty much everywhere. Well, Coach, um, I'm sure you're probably going to get into this a little bit with the next question, but just talk briefly about what it was like, you know, to be with your dad, right? He's, he was a football coach and you played. What, what was that like? My, my dad coached high school football for 35 years. Uh, you know, I, I grew up in the field house. I mean, that's the only thing I know. <laughs> that's the only thing I know how to do. In fact, I remember sitting at a, at a cafeteria table with all my friends when we were freshmen and uh, talking about what you're going to do when you grow up and everything. And, and I just asked all my buddies, I said, you know, what do y'all think I'm going to do? And they all say coach. Like, it was just, it just immediately came out of their mouth. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I remember being in there six years old, drawing X's and O's on the board, just didn't even know what I was doing. Just, you know, just that's what my dad did. So my dad was the offensive coordinator at Jersey Village outside of Houston for 10, 15, 10 or 12 years. And then he worked at Cedar Hill for a little bit. Uh, and then when I – my mom uh, got remarried – and moved us to Greenberry when I was in the sixth grade. And so when I was a sophomore, my dad actually got a job working at Greenberry. So he coached me and then coached my little brother, was four years behind me. And so he got to coach us. And uh, it was fun, you know, playing, you know. It, well, it was it had its ups and downs. I mean, you, you get to play with your dad, you get to hang out with your dad. But then, you know, I was the quarterback. And, of course, then everybody said, you know, well, you're only a quarterback because your dad's a coach. And, yeah. well, you know, I can't throw the ball 55 yards down the field. I mean, you know, that helps out a little bit. But, yeah. uh, you know, but, and, and so, but, you know, you learn, you learn a lot from your dad. I do remember the first day of two days, though, I was a sophomore, and I'd never really been coached by my dad officially, you know, just outside of the backyard. And it was hot, and I was tired, man. And I put my, put my hand on my dad's shoulder and he just jumped back. He said, Don't you touch me? <laughs> I said, 
what? He goes, I'm not your dad out here. He said, I can't be your dad. And you know, when we were driving home, he said, he said, I'm not your dad on the on the practice field. He said, I'll be your dad in the truck, and I'll be your dad in the field house, but you can't be leaning on my shoulder like that. He said, and I said, well, okay. He said, you don't want to be you don't want to be getting on as the coach's kid who gets played favorites. So you get treated just I got treated just harder than everybody else. I guess I should say. Yeah, that's right. Well, that's like I said. That's probably going to lead us into our next question. But hey, talk about a mentor or mentors, right? That you've leaned on over the years uh, to help guide you through some tough, uh, tough situations, maybe some difficult decisions. Well, yeah, that, you know that's he's number one. You know, when everything happens, you know, he's still he's still number number one on the speed dial right there. You know, asking about this, you know, guy had he's seventy two now. He retired ten years ago, but he still loves coming to games and. He lives in Houston, so he can't get to all of them. But, you know, he watches them on, uh, listens to them on the radio. Or I, I gave him a huddle password so he can watch them, you know, the next day and stuff. Uh, the other guy I learned a lot from, though, was the guy that he was the athletic director at, at Pleasant Grove there in Texarkana. His name's Kevin Davis. And he's uh, he's now the offensive coordinator at uh, Wachita, uh, Louisiana, out of Monroe. Wachita, okay. Yeah, he's. Yeah. He's the offensive coordinator there. He's he's doing pretty good. He got to retire in Texas and then go to go to Louisiana and coach. Yeah. So he's he's doing better than most of us, I guess. I'll just double dipping. Yeah, he's 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 doing a little bit better than me financially, but uh, but no, he man, I I'll call him and and he's a great guy, man. He'll talk to you for as long as you want to. Ask him. In fact, when I first came to Wascom. I was like, man, this is a this is gonna be a great deal for me and and everything. And I said, man, let me call let me call KD and and tell him he's like, oh yeah, you know, y'all y'all are gonna be fine, y'all are gonna do well, and Whitney's gonna get the kids out and play. And he said, for you, you got nothing to lose. You're single, you got nothing, man. He goes, even if y'all go there and it doesn't work out, you'll be fine. And so uh, yeah, I did run it by him before I went, but hell, I actually I talked to him for about an hour yesterday, just about different stuff coming up and and this, and so he'll. He, he's a great guy, man. That's awesome. Hey, Coach, I, I just had a geography question kind of real quick for you. Now, so where you're located there, Wascom, is, is, is that uh, northeastern Texas? Is that is that we where it's are, Yeah, uh, we are actually 15 miles from Shreveport, Louisiana. Like, we okay. are the last town in Texas. Uh, if you were driving east to Louisiana off of I-20 – you drive through Wascom, and two minutes later, you're in Louisiana. Wow. And, I mean, we can, from where our school sits on, I mean, our school sits right off the interstate. You can almost pick up a rock and throw it into Louisiana. I mean, that's oh, how wow. close we are to the border. So, now, how, yeah, how close are you to you to Arkansas? Pretty close? Uh, or? An hour, about an hour and 15 minutes. Uh, in fact, if, well, they opened up I-49. And so if you actually go into Shreveport and get on I-49 North, you can be in Texas County about an hour. Wow. And then, you know, into Texas and in Arkansas. And then you can actually be, if you go through Paris, you know, you can be in Oklahoma in about two, two hours and 15 minutes. Now, do you guys ever play any of those surrounding states at all? Uh, we, we've actually tried to play Louisiana a handful of times, but they're on a different realignment schedule than us. And so we have realigned every even year. They realign every odd year. Uh, there is a Shreveport does a deal called the battle of the border and they try to bring schools in and they play at the independence bowl. Uh, I always thought that'd be a cool deal to, to get in, especially with where we are, but they usually try to tend to get the bigger schools that are going to bring in a little bit more money, the long views and the marshals and stuff. So, uh, we've never been asked to play in it. So we never have played, uh, 
uh, Louisiana scoring a real game. We have scrimmaged uh, a couple of them before. We scrimmaged Logansport in, in a three-way scrimmage with Joaquin, but that's about it. Um, we've never we've never tried to play at Oklahoma school. And, and we, we did call it Arkansas school when we first got here, but we couldn't make it work. Was it Harding? Did you call Harding to play? No, I'm just joking. <laughs> I don't know if I want any pizza that Kenny Wheaton call him to play. That's, that's it, man. <laughs> he, he probably knows a little bit more than I do. So, yeah, we, we're going we're gonna to leave them to them. Yeah. Well, Coach, uh, tell the listeners uh, the background of your program. Uh, it's been a very successful program. Uh, where you started from and where you have, uh, how far you've come and how the Flexbone kind of helped your program along the way. When uh, – when we got to Wascombe in, in January of 2010, uh, they were about as low as you could get. In fact, there's a there's a deal in Texas called the Padilla Poll, run by a guy named Carl Padilla, and uh, he ranks every single team in Texas by classification. And when we got to Wascombe, there was 116 in our classification. He had Wascombe at 101. And yeah, it was it was crazy. And, it, and then I looked at the publication. And I said, "Well, I did move up a little bit because Bloomington was 103, and so I <laughs> jumped up two spots." And I said, so we'll see. But when we got there, the basketball team had won district like 10 out of the last 11 years. They were sending kids to the state track meet and the high jump and the sprint relays. And and I said, "Man, there's there's athletes here, man. There, there's got to be." But they had. Uh, in the previous four years from us getting there, they were four and thirty-six, wow. and they were one and nineteen in the two years before we got there. And, uh, and I was just like, "Man, this is this is going to be a challenge." Uh, we went three and seven that very first year, but we were a multiple I pro set team because that's what me and, and and Coach Keeling knew. That's what we had run at Pleasant Grove. That's what I'd run in high school. That's what I was taught by my dad. I mean, that's what we were, and we were. Did some gun two back stuff and try to do GT and Joan Reed and stuff. We're we're we won the first two games. We started off two and zero, oh, and uh, people in the town just thought we were Bear Bryant and 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 Gene Stallings. Man, I mean it was it was crazy. And then we went. We lost the next game. Then we won. We were three and one, and then we ended up three and seven. So we lost wow. the next six games. And right before we were week ten. We were just talking about, I was like, man, I don't know if we – we don't have a quarterback that could run us – that could be a spread quarterback. You know, we didn't have one, and we were really, really weak up front. And so this is no lie. Week 10, that, that week, that weekend that we're game planning, Coach Keeling went to his office and sat down on his computer and Googled, what offense can you run with no offensive lineman? And the first thing that came up was the A-11. You know, that one where everybody's eligible yeah. and it's like a fake pun on yeah. stuff. Yeah. And so, which is outlawed in Texas. So we were like, well, we can't do that. And uh, and so the next thing was the triple option. And we started looking at flex bone. And, you know, I'd always liked watching Army and Navy and bowl games and stuff. I just always, I didn't know anything about it. I just knew that it was fun and it, it looked like a cool deal. And how they ran, I had no clue. And so we started researching and we found out that Harding runs. And when we were at Pleasant Grove, we sent a kid to Harding that was playing linebacker for him at the time, or a couple of years before that. And so we called, uh, Coach Keeling called Harding, and 
we went up there and, and they put on a, a mini clinic for me and Coach Keeling and actually Kevin Davis and, and the guys that were still at Pleasant Grove and they were looking at, at, at running it too. And so we're listening to the to the open, the offensive coordinator at the time. His first name was Lee. I, I forget his last name. I don't think he's there anymore. And he's up there talking and we would ask a question and there was this old man sitting to the right of the room and then when he asked a question, he would just look at him and say, Coach, you want to take that? And I was like, who is this guy? <laughs> and uh, so I'm sitting there, and then he goes, oh, by the way, this is Coach Wheaton. He's our graduate assistant. <laughs> what? He, goes, he goes, yeah, he's our graduate assistant. And I said, he goes, he goes, yeah, I'm the oldest graduate assistant in America. I'm 62 years old. And I, was, I, I still had no idea who he was. And we leave and we go to our hotel room and I was just like, who was that guy? And he goes, dude, that guy like invented the offense. <laughs> what? And he goes, yeah. He goes, I had no idea that guy worked here. He goes, he talked. Kenny talked for five hours. We sat in that room for five hours yeah. and we learned the veer. He talked for five hours about the veer and that was it. And we went to our hotel room and Whitney was like, I have no idea anything that he was talking about and i said man I, I i'm starting to figure it out we went back the next day and met with him again from eight to noon and he started talking about mid triple so we we met with kenny for nine hours and we learned veer and mid triple and those were the only two plays that we learned <laughs> and uh we're driving back to texas and whitney's talking to me and he goes well there's no way that one any of those plays work <laughs> I, said, I said, "What? Goes, There's no way you can't you you can't block the first two down linemen on line of scrimmage and not get hit right in the mouth." And I said, "Yeah, I, I kind of agree with you on that. I, I'd have to see it. You know, even though we watched a lot of film, I was, I was kind of leery about that." And he said, and "The other thing is, I still have no idea what he's talking about." So we go back and we meet with our coaches, and I'm trying to explain to him, just looking at this this ten pages of vanilla paper that I have that I wrote all this note stuff down on call our old line coach up in there i start talking to our kids about stuff and whitney calls kenny and says you gotta come to us and, and do this again and so he he drove back down i guess about a month later and and spent the whole day with us again and just broke it down even simpler brought more film gave us a bunch of gt film and, and navy films and we just watched those and watched those and watched those and finally after about about week to 10 days i called him i said man i got it i i got it and uh he said, okay. And so we started putting it in and we started doing all that stuff. And, and so we've been running it now for 10 years. And in the 10 years, or this was our 11th season uh, at Wascom, and we've been running it for 10 years. And in those 10 years, we're 97 and 31. Uh, we've won two state championships. We've won the district five times. Uh, Wascom had not made the playoffs in 21 years until we made it in 2013. So the very first year that we put it in, we went five and five. Uh, played really well. We're in some really close games. We got beat 21 to 14. We got beat 64 to 54. We got beat 45 to 38. I mean, we were competing. And then the next year, we went seven and three, missed the playoffs by by one game, lost the last game of the season to the district champion. And then the 2013 year, we went 14 and one, and got beat in the semifinals. Won the district for the first time in Wascom, or first time since 1987, Wascom had won the district. And the first time since 1992 that they had made the playoffs. And then 2014, we won the state championship, went 15-1. And, and we graduated everybody off that team except for 
the defense. We graduated the entire offensive line and the quarterback. Uh, we had two wide receivers coming back on a team that we won the state championship that year. We played 16 games. We threw 40 passes. And we had both of those the wide receivers were the only two offensive starters we had coming back. And uh, well, so we went 16 and 0. <laughs> we, <laughs> we had a, we had a, everybody on our offensive line was either a sophomore or a junior. Uh, Whitney's stepson was our quarterback. He was a senior and he could throw the ball, which really opened up a lot of stuff. He actually threw for about 1,300 yards and he was really, really efficient. He threw 21 touchdowns and only threw four interceptions that season, too. Um, but we had, I'm not going to lie to you and tell you it was all us in the scheme because we had the best player in the state playing B-back for us and at the 3A level, a kid named Chan Amy, and uh, he rushed for 2,700 yards in 16 games playing B-back for us and scored 40 touchdowns. And was also, he was uh, the Class 3A Defensive Player of the Year and probably should have been the Class 3A Offensive Player of the Year, but they didn't give it to him, but... He was the MVP in the state championship game. So we went 16-0, and and at one point we had had a 32-game winning streak uh, going on there. And then we had a kind of a setback. We were really super young. Uh, in 16, we went 4-7, and got beaten the first round of the playoffs. But then in, then in uh, 17, we went to the regional final again, won the district, went to the regional final. In 18, we won the district and got upset in the second round of the playoffs. In 19, we were really super young again. We, we played really, really well. We were in a lot of close games. We went five, and we actually tied for third, but lost the tiebreaker to go to the playoffs in 2019. Yeah. And in this past season, we went 12-2 and two and got beat by one point in the semifinal game. Um, yeah. I still haven't been able to watch that film. Yeah. <laughs> it was, it was, uh, we got beat 14-13, to 13, and then Franklin ended up losing the state championship game 35-34. to 34. And that didn't help uh, the way that I felt at all. I was, we were sitting there watching that game as a staff, and I said, I really need Franklin to lose by about 28, and I'll feel okay. <laughs> but, uh, uh, so that's been that's been tough. I actually watched that game, I think, for the first time a couple of weeks ago, and saw 16 different things that I did wrong that I wish I hadn't. But we move on, and and hopefully we have a better. We we get to play one more game next year. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, you know, you can tell the success that's come from it. And, of course, anytime you've got Kenny starting and leading your ship down, you do a good job, right? So, um, yeah, it's been it's been pretty it's been pretty fun having Kenny's, Kenny's number on my phone and yeah. saying, hey, I'm sending him a picture or something. Yeah. <laughs> Am I right? <laughs> You're close. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, no, he's a great guy, too. Well, you know, you had a great season this year, and obviously you came really close. I know it hurts. I know it does. But um, but I think with regards to everything that's going on, right, talk about what the season meant to your players actually getting a chance to play it. You know what I mean? And then, yeah, and then was- you and then maybe talk about, you know, just rolling the, the, the two questions together. You know, I think, Tony, just talk about that and then talk about maybe some things that you thought you did pretty good as far as navigating the season, because like I said, I'm, I'm just starting ours. So I'm always interested to hear about some things you did, you know, that maybe we can use. So, Okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, we were all the way to May before we even were knowing if we were going to get to work out, you know, have the kids up for summer conditioning and stuff. And the UIL met and said, you know, y'all can start doing this, but you only have 50% of the weight room full. And so we had to go back and plan it out. I mean, we have a – we have a really pretty big – we have a 6,000-square-foot weight room. So, 
we can spread the kids out. But we have 70 kids, you know, in our athletic program from 9 to 12 to play football. And then we had, we work the junior high kids out too. And we usually have about 35 to 40 junior high kids show up. And we're like, well, we can't have all those kids in there. And so we had to split it up where the, the high school kids worked out from, from 8 to 10. And then the junior high kids would come up, uh, or our girls would go in from 1030 to 11:45, and then our junior high kids would come up in the afternoon and we started working those kids out from four or from uh five to seven and so we split it up that way uh but with the high school kids you know we have we'd have like uh, uh we'd have a we had three groups and we'd have a third of them in the weight room and then what i had a group uh we went we'd go in the gym and we do, you know, ladders and bags and, and dots and jump ropes and, and, and stuff like that. Uh, the running ropes and jump ropes, push-ups, sit-ups, you know, different, all kinds of different agility stations. And then we had a group out on the field that was working on the track or on the field during build-ups or sprints or, or whatever, doing a running station out there. And so we split it up that way, rotated them through, gave them a 15-minute break because, you know, we couldn't, couldn't provide water to them, uh, couldn't provide clothes to them. And so, you know, everybody had to bring old water, give them plenty of time to cool off. But in that 15-minute period, too, we sanitized the weight room and, and the jump ropes. Anything that they touched, you had to either spray with Lysol or our school district actually bought us this. We call it the Ghostbuster Pack. And it's one of those things they use at Planet Fitness. That You know, you spray it down. It's hydrostatic water deal. And, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a cool little deal. And so we'd spray the weight room down with that, but you got to wait 15 minutes. So we said, well, that's perfect. Give them 15 minutes, go from station to station. And so then we'd do it all over again. And what the UIL did too, though, was, you know, in Texas, you, you're not allowed to do sports specific uh, things. But since we missed all spring of all season and everything, they allowed us to do uh, 90 minutes a week of sports specific training. So after we did all that, we give them a little bit, you know, 20 minute break. And then we, we go outside and we started having, doing option drill, doing mesh drill, and, and receivers, you know, do work their stock and work and catching and everything and do, do some defensive stuff after that. So they gave us the chance to, to, to try to catch up all the stuff that we missed out by not being in school from February to, you know, till the end of school. Um, and then during the season, you know, of course, of course in the summertime, you know, wear, wear your mask and, and all that stuff and socially distance the best you can, all the things that you hear about on, on TV and uh, – uh, disinfect the way uh, the locker room when the, all the kids left with that sprayer um, and just you know use common sense the best you can don't don't be sharing water bottles with each other uh, you know don't be drinking after each other try not to be jumping on each other you know all the stuff that you have to usually tell kids on a regular basis anyway get off of each other yeah. uh, so um, and just really and you know if you see something that needs to be done. You see something needs to be cleaned. You need to see something needs to be washed down. You know, do it. Don't don't tell somebody to do it. You see something needs to be done, do it. And then during the season, we actually streamlined, or the best we could, we tried to streamline practice. So we're not the let. We figured the less time that we're up around each other and and in close together, the less time you have to do anything. So we actually cut our defensive time down to about 45 minutes and our offense down to you know like an hour. And, you know, it was it was efficient. Get to where you're going. No standing around a whole lot of times. No wasted time and get in the drill, get out of the drill. And and so we cut our playbook down so we didn't have to get as much stuff in. We really looked at what works, you know, through, or what worked last season, what didn't work, uh, which was kind of tough because we were breaking in two new. We had three kids uh, competing for the quarterback job because our quarterback had graduated. Uh, one of those kids was a freshman. 
So in our eighth grade doesn't run a whole lot of the option. Uh, you know, they run a whole lot of, you know, give and we, we, we start working it in later, but a lot of it, we tell them, you know, give it, pull it, you know, pitch it, whatever, just so he gets to gets used to doing the muscle memory stuff of it. So he'd never run the option before. Uh, and so that was, that was tough. And so we really, really focused on, all right, well, if we're going to be an option team with, with him and we really need to focus on the option stuff. So it was a, uh, Streamlined, I guess, would be the word that I've said a couple times. That was that was how we yeah. we tried to do it, and then no, you know, do as we try to do as little team stuff as possible, so we didn't have to have to huddle up. We actually put in a no huddle package, oh, okay. so we wouldn't have to be standing around next to each other. Yeah. Uh, we've done it before in the past, but we've we've messed with it before, but we never really did it all out in practice like that. And so we started doing that, and and. Uh, and he said, "Hell, just Coach Keelan said, hell, just call the plays out." He goes, "I don't care if the if the scout team defense knows what we're doing; it might make us better." So we just got up and got lined down, and I just called the play out. And we, you know, you one, you run plays faster that way, and then two, uh, like I said, you're not huddling on each other, you're not breathing, standing right on top of somebody. So that we we, we looked at doing that, and that helped out, I guess, a little bit. We didn't. Re- we had one kid throughout the course of the season uh, test positive, and uh, oh, wow, that's great. Yeah, it was it was not and it was early. It was really really early in the season. So all he he missed the scrimmage, and he missed the first game, and then that was it. That was that was all we missed. We had a little scare where our starting wide receiver, after I think the second game, got sick. Uh, he got tested. It was negative. His doctor didn't believe it. Tested him again. It was negative again. His doctor still didn't believe it. Tested him three different times. It was negative every time. He goes, "Oh, well, I guess you got strep throat." <laughs> so and so. Uh, so yeah, we had a little bit of scare where we thought we might, you know, have to no contest a game, but it didn't happen. We did have one get canceled uh, on us, but it was due to weather. It wasn't even due to wasn't even due to COVID. It was just due to lightning. So yeah. that was the only game we we actually missed this year. We did have an opponent cancel on us though, because they they had one positive test, but we were we were able to fill the game though. So we didn't we actually didn't lose a game due to COVID at all this year. Oh, that's great. Yeah, that is man. But coach. Um, Let's talk about your uh, your option game here. Uh, uh, do you, I, I know you mentioned Harding, right? Um, yeah. And they they all they're always talking about the the big five or the the, the five plus one, right? Uh, so yeah. just tell us about what what Wascom option looks like um, and uh, why you guys run it. I'm I'm also intrigued about. Um, I was watching some of your film earlier on uh, on Max Preps or something uh, uh, before we got on the podcast, and I noticed. Out in Texas, man, you guys get the cut on the perimeter and stuff like that. I'm like, man, I wish I was able to do that, man. I'm so jealous. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, they've actually changed that rule. Uh, it used to be you could cut anywhere. And now you can't cut five yards from the line of scrimmage. And so it is really – it's been hard for us to get – I mean, I, I can pull up some films from y'all from 13 and 14 and 15 where we are flipping guys over our heads 20 yards down the field. <laughs> and uh, so it, it's hampered us a little bit because, you know, typically your slots aren't your strongest kids and most physical, you know, or, or actually our slots are pretty physical, but they're not the, you know, being able to cut is nice. Yeah. It, it, really, it really is. You can lose a lot of technical stuff there. Um, and so that's been something we've had to get used to because that's kind of been a point of emphasis from the referees this year. Is they're looking for if you're five and a half yards down the field and you're cut blocking, you're getting – yellow laundry on the on the field there um but as far as our our big five goes um we 
we're not even we really don't even run a whole lot of, of inside veer anymore. It's just for whatever reason it's never been a great play. I know that's what Kenny says, you know, you have to run that, you have to do that. And we for whatever reason we've just never been really good at it. We've we carried it, but it's never really been uh in our big five. Ours uh at the beginning of the year this year was we were breaking in a freshman quarterback that could throw the ball and, and could throw the ball really well. Uh he's a big strong kid and I mean he can he can zip it about 50 yards down the field. And so for the first time in a few years, the play action pass worked its way back into the, into our big five. And we were able to, to work some stuff in the passing game. And so with him playing, it was play action pass was in there. It was probably down towards the bottom at five. Number one was mid triple. And it, and it has been for the last probably six years or seven years that we've been running the offense. Mid triple has been, is is our most successful play. It's it's the play we run the most. It's also the play that hits for the biggest yardage for the most part. You know, you pitch that ball out there and it, it, it hits big. And then mid double uh, has been is a big play for us uh, this year, and it has it usually is for the past three or four years. And then zone dive for the first time in a long time, or maybe in ever, worked its way into our big five. Uh, we got really good at running zone dive. We had never for whatever reason. We just weren't really good at uh, that 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 two for block with your yeah. with your tackle and your slot. We just it just I don't know it just never came together. And this year our tackles and our slots started kind of figuring out. And the more we ran it, you know, the, just with anything else, the better it got. And uh, so zone dive worked its way back in our big five. And then uh, we run the jet a lot. Um, and so we actually probably run the jet more than we run the rocket for whatever reason. Jets jet seems better. Our kids like it like it more. Uh, they make that one quick cut and get up the field. And so jet is, is in our big five. And then we kind of halfway invented a play, uh, or not invented, but we started running out of different formations because our slots are usually our fastest kids, and we're trying to get them the ball on the edge. And so we we started running quick pitch out of a bunch. I saw that. I saw that, coach. That was nice, man. Yeah, Yeah. that's been a pretty good play for us, and and we we do a bunch of different blocking schemes with it out of a trips. We call it we call it trips flex. So we bring both slots to the same side out of of a flex set, and and we had two when we first started running the offense. We had two really really dynamic slots. Uh, One of them went to SMU and played football at SMU for for six years actually. And then uh, the other one is is one of the most famous names in East Texas, a kid named Junebug Johnson, and he was the most famous kid in East Texas for about for about four years. They're both four year starters on the varsity, and they were cousins, and they were fun kids to work around man, or work with. They were always smiling, always laughing, and you know Junebug got famous because his name was Junebug. <laughs> they did the news news when they found out about that when he's a freshman. They did all all that kind of stuff, but. And so we said, man, those two guys are really hard to tackle. I mean, the guy's name, the guy's nickname is Junebug, or the guy's name is pretty much Junebug. You can imagine he he can dance a little bit, and uh, just get him the ball on the edge and get him the ball in space, and that play started started being pretty deadly. Uh, we've kind of over the next few years, it kind of went away, but it's slowly making a comeback. We we our slots are are getting back to where they're pretty dynamic and, and fast and. And uh, the line we always use is you couldn't tackle that guy in a phone booth. And uh, that old coaching additive there or whatever, if he, you know, if he was standing here when none of us would touch him, uh, we got a kid that, that's, that's like that too. And so we're trying to get him the ball on the edge really, really fast. And so quick pitch, it's slowly working its way back in. But number one is always mid-triple. 
And then mid-double, uh, the kid that was playing quarterback for us as a freshman, he actually broke his collarbone uh, the second-to-last regular season game. And so we had the backup quarterback um, we put in, and he was really good at running mid-double. Uh, probably had something to do with he's only five foot six, and our two guards are pretty big kids, and our center's a pretty big kid too. And so he was really good at hiding behind that line and then just squirting out of there in that seam and, and, and big gap. And so mid-double – and mid triple were our, our main two plays that we ran this year. I tell you that uh, that old quick pitch, coach. I think that's a. I, I had to rewind it back. I thought you was throwing a daggone bubble. You know what I mean? That, <laughs> yeah. You can count that as passing yards, man. You ought to go back giving kids <laughs> passing yards on that, man. That's <laughs> maybe we maybe we should. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's actually if we we hadn't ran that at all. And uh, Kevin was the kid that played at SMU, Kevin Johnson. And my dad came and watched the game, and uh, we, we actually got beat. And he said, do y'all ever just toss the ball to Kevin right there on the edge? And I said, no. And he said, you should. <laughs> I said, boy, he goes, the guy's pretty fast. And that other kid, you can't tackle him. He said, just just toss it to him. And so we started looking. We started looking and said, all right, well, how can we block? And then, and we started figuring out ways to, to block it where it looked like rocket or, or block at the same scheme as we do with rocket. But we have about five or six different tags we do with our receivers now where we send them to, we can block down on the defensive end. We can go block a linebacker. We can send them to a safety or we can block man on. We, we do a lot of stuff out of that set and with that play. I wanted to ask you one more question too. Um, on, on, I think I was, I don't know, Red Hawk or Red Haven or something like that. One of those games I was watching and you were running some, three-man surface rocket, you know, and I got a couple questions on that earlier this year. And um, I just, it's just something I was looking at my film and it's just not something I've done a whole lot of, you know, uh, maybe I should have, you know, but it looked like uh, with, with the, uh, the, I'm going to call him a tight end, but you may not call him a tight end. He's a heavy tackle, right? You know, yeah. uh, that, that uh -huh. third man, you know, are, are, are you reach cutting? We used to do that in the wishbone. We would reach cut and then pitch off when we were running double, you know what I mean? And yeah. that's kind of what it reminded me of. And uh, then I saw your slot get out there and, and cut the, the run support guy down. It was, it was like, man, this is, this is great, man. This is awesome. Yeah, we, uh, you know, we worked that in our, our ghost drill and practiced a lot uh, when we did it out of the heavy set and our slot. And those, that, those two tackles are, are talking to each other. And then our, we got the receiver on that side too. And we can tag that as, as well, just like we do with quick pitch. And so those guys are communicating. We can switch block it like you do on, on inside veer. Uh, we can do what, what's called a lock call. What we do is where we, we everybody pretty much is man on, and you're trying to reach uh, – or you're either man on or trying to reach one guy if he's half – you know, in a half shade on you. We're trying to reach one guy over. Um, but those slots and those tackles are communicating with each other unless we, unless we tag it with a switch. And then the, the tackle knows, okay, I'm, I'm marking this and I'm trying to get one man over and the receiver's going to go block the safety and the slot's going to come block the corner. And um, that, that's, been a, that's been a good play. You know, it, it really gets back into the same deal with, with the, it turns out being a numbers game. If, you, if we go heavy and you don't have somebody, you know, you don't bring somebody over there, then we're going to get the ball on the edge. We're going to get it there fast. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say one last thing, too, I noticed was pretty cool. I never really saw was um, uh, a quick trap off of your rocket. You know, uh, I, I thought that was pretty sweet looking. You know, you, in the game I was watching, you hit it a couple times for a big rip. You know what I mean? I was like, 
is that belly they're running? Oh no, that's that's quick trap, man. That's good that's stuff it. right there. That's a pretty good little play. And like I said, we we were, you know, I was a I I was an eye guy growing up. My dad was an eye guy. Uh, you know, that's what we ran in when I was in high school and then we were a multiple pro I mean, so that's just the old that's just the old trap out of the eye. You know, yeah. pullback takes a jab step right and comes back and hits it and that's all it is. And uh and it's eye, you know, you run the rocket, it's eye candy, and, and rocket, you know, has been a big play for us in the past. Uh, we've also ran the trap off the jet because the jet starts kind of taking the place of rocket some years, and so we've ran it off, ran it off the jet as well. And so here goes our fast slot, go catch him. Oh, uh, the back has the ball, and so yeah, it, it it's worked pretty good. You haven't felt compelled to go down the rabbit's hole of zone option yet, huh? No, we we started running that a little tiny bit. Uh, uh, with our, like I said, my freshman quarterback uh, that got hurt, we we started running with him, and he started he started figuring it out. Uh, you know, he's a big kid, and like I say, he's a freshman, but he he's six foot, about 185 pounds, and he's our DC son, and uh, and so he he's lived in the weight room quite a bit. He's he's pretty strong kid. Like he he at coming off a broken collarbone, he hang clean 265 the other day. Um, and so we said, well, you know, maybe Cole should have the ball a little bit more <laughs> trying to run out there. And so we started, we started putting that in and, and it, he started getting pretty good at it. Unfortunately, he got hurt. Um, we kept it in with our, with our backup quarterback. Um, and, and he did okay with it, but it, it just, it wasn't the same play. Uh, he, like I said, he was a lot better at running mid double than, than Cole was. And so we said, well, you know, we'll just trade him. And so we we kind of took it out, but we'll we'll put it back in this next year because you know Cole's coming back and and like I said we want want him to have the ball. But he hit that for a touchdown a couple times this year. Smart coaching. Well, um, <laughs> I mean, I, talk about how you guys are practicing. I'm assuming it's it's Harding's practice plans. I'm assuming you're mirroring them quick or no? What do y'all? What do y'all? How do y'all? Uh, we we do we 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 don't do a whole lot of half line. I know Harding does a lot of half line. We we kind of do that. Uh, we do that in like t shirt and shorts when we're kind of you know working our installation period in the first first week of two days. But then we pretty much phase it out. We we do a lot more team than Harding does. Uh, just you know old habits, I guess. Uh, our coaching staff. You know, I, I actually said something to Coach Keeling about. It. I kind of want to maybe phase out as much team we do. He said no. I like to see the you know the finished product and. And so we always do at least a 10 to 15 minute team session on Monday and Tuesday. But every Monday, you know, our, our kid, we've been doing this forever. Our kids run it at the junior high level. Every Monday, our kids know what we're going to do. We're going to, they're going to come to me, you know, quarterbacks and B-backs. I, I have the quarterbacks and B-backs. Coach Keeling does the, the slots. Our guy, uh, Joe Williams does our receivers. And then uh, Coach Good and Coach Swain, they, they do our line. Uh, and they do a great job, but they know they come to me. Oh, and we're gonna do we're gonna do a one step drill or the or the freeze drill. You know we're we're gonna do that. We're going to do the mesh drill. We're going to do uh we're gonna do the the numbers drill or we're gonna do numbers drill. Uh, the quarterbacks and b backs. That's gonna be the first ten minutes of of every Monday. Our slots are going through their twirl. They're going through their rocket steps. They're going through their arc. They're they're doing that every Monday. Uh, that's our we do. So we do a fifteen minute individual period on on Mondays. And then that's followed by we go straight into option drill, the quarterbacks, the B-backs, and the slots. The receivers will stay individual, uh, and then they'll come over the last five minutes of option drill, and we'll start working switch and, and stuff with our slots on the edge. And the linemen are still all by themselves. And then we'll go uh, – we'll do that every every Monday for 10 minutes. 
And then for 15 minutes after that, we'll go three on three and ghost drill, just just like Harding does. And so me and me and Coach Swain take the uh, take the centers and the guards and the B backs and quarterbacks, and Coach Keeling, Coach Williams, and Coach Good take the tackles and the slots and the receivers and, and, and work the ghost drill. And then we'll go back. The the linemen will go back and have a little kind of ten minute play polish session while we'll throw and catch with the receivers and the slots and the quarterbacks. And then uh, and then we'll come together and do it. Usually on Monday we only do about a ten minute team session on Monday, and that'll be the end of offensive practice that day. And then we'll flip it and do it all over with the JV. We we kind of cut it down though because JV's got to service the varsity, and so a lot of times they'll lose three on three or they'll lose throw and catch or or, or something like that so they can service the varsity. And then on Tuesday we're going to do it, you know, all over again. Tuesday we kind of we we might do a screen tricks and draws session for the first 10 minutes of practice. And then we'll do we'll go back to individual uh B-backs and quarterbacks hate Tuesday because I start using the fumble ball that uh, I don't know if y'all have ever seen that the fumble pro ball. Yeah. And uh yeah, they dude, I love that thing and they hate it so much. But I and I'll rip it out of them, and so they got. We go step over the bags. We do the bag drills with the fumble ball, and do that, and then we do up down to the fumble ball. That's the one they hate the most. Uh, you know, kind of towards the end of the year, like in playoffs, I'll take out the up down deal, and they just gotta high knee it while I pull the pull the string on the ball. And then, uh, but after we do the fumble ball, we'll come over with me, and we I get the shield, and it's uh, and I stand next to the B backs. And they got to stay off low, and I swing the shield right over their head. And if you're too, if you're too tall, you're getting hit with the shield right in the right in the face mask. I remember the very first time we ever did that drill, that wasn't real popular with the B-backs, but <laughs> it's some just something we do now. In fact, it, usually the first time we do it with all the the freshmen when they're up there, they're like, "Man, y'all better get low." Coach Keeley on smoke or Coach Kubiak smoked Keeley on the very first day. I mean that, and that happened like seven years ago. Like that kid is 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 gone. And they'll still talk about it because they all have brothers and stuff that played for us. And they're like, hey, you better get down, man. Coach Keely, Coach Kubiak hit Keely on right in the face mask. And uh, and so we do the – we I just call it the shield drill. And then we go back into option drill on Tuesday. Uh, and then we re- we'll do a seven-on-seven seven session after option drill. And then we'll do – and then we'll go to the team uh, at, uh, for 10 minutes of team on, on Tuesday. And then Wednesday we try to do a, a game situation uh, uh, practice – well, we go, we call it up and down the field. And so I actually go, I'll go into the press box. We put on the headsets and we try to simulate a game the best that we can. Mm-hmm. I call out the plays. We, we signal them in. We get up the line. We run it. You know, we say, okay, you know, fourth down, we run the punt team on there. We try to go over every situation we can. We'll, we'll, we'll punt. We'll do this. We'll field goal it. We'll run some more plays. We do a two-minute drill, uh, which we're trying to go fast. We're getting up the line, snapping as soon as they put the ball down. And then we have we'll do a four minute drill session where we'll say we're winning by a touchdown. We got the ball. It's first and ten. We're trying to you know run four minutes off the clock and either take a knee or score a touchdown to win the game. And then that's it. And we don't we don't practice on Thursdays because uh, we all have coaching duties on Thursday nights with the sub varsity, with the junior high, and with the JV team. So we don't practice at all on Thursdays. We'll, we'll go out during the athletic period and do a, just kind of a, a walkthrough type deal with our defense to do it for about 20 minutes and then we get 20 minutes and we'll pretty much do all our trick plays during during that time and then friday night it's time to go yeah that's interesting so so uh so thursday's your big jv or freshman or even junior high right you got to do all that okay i got you so 
So then if, a, you know, so then we'll, at the end of this, we'll make sure we guys can get your information. I get in touch with you because we do get a quite a few schools that, that are, you know, 3A or 2A, you know what I mean? One single A wanting to figure out how to do this, be able to practice and get the staffs to get, you know, so, you know, I'm sure some people are going to want to talk to you about that for sure. Yeah. So, yeah. For sure. Thanks for talking about it. No problem. Well, Coach, um, we don't know how it is where you're at, but uh, typically, you know, you show up on Friday night and you have no clue how they're going to def defend you. You know what I mean? <laughs> so can you maybe talk a little bit about, uh, you know, how you go about game planning for a team upcoming? And and uh, do you guys, like, go around and, 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 and guess, have a bet, like who's going to guess the defense that you're going to get for the week? We haven't done that, but I'm going to start. That's, <laughs> that's something we, sh we should start looking at. Uh yeah, we we the first few years we got everybody's basic stuff. We got you know they're split. They're gonna be a split. They're they're four three. They're gonna be a four three. And you know uh, we geographically our district doesn't change just a whole lot. Uh, so every once in a while there's a team that goes up or comes down or, or what and we pick them up. But we've been here for eleven years now. We've pretty much been in the same district uh, for the most part. And so we have somewhat of an idea of what people are going to run. Uh, but, and so, and we have all those films that we can go back and watch and say, well, this year they were doing that. And, you know, uh, that year we're doing that in the playoffs. When we get in the playoffs, we typically, we get a lot of exotic looks in the playoffs of stuff that we're like, well, those guys have never shown that before. In fact, we were playing Sonora in the semifinal game in, in 2014 and, uh, they they were running this triangle set with a nose guard and a middle linebacker and and they had like an overhang linebacker that was like a field guy that was running the motion and the safety was going opposite of him and they did a really good job of it we and we only scored six points in the first half but then we came in at halftime and, and figured it out but um, what we do so what we started doing kind of after that is Monday when we go team we say okay we're going to do all odd front on Monday and then. Tuesday when we do team and and then our old line works it, you know, in their individual period. And so if we're going to do even front, we're going to do a four, three, we're going to do a split. We're going to bounce back and forth in between that. And then Wednesday, we try to do it all. Uh, we, we, we try to go over it all. Uh, during the playoffs, we, we call it, I don't even know what we call the drill. We just, we just say, this is what we're doing. And we put, uh, we put a ball, we are, we huddle on the 50. We put a ball on 145. We put a ball on the other 45. We call a play. We run it against an even front defense, and then we run the exact same play against the odd front defense. And while we're running it against the even front defense, our, our DC is on the odd front side, and then he's switching them from a 50 to a 3-3 stack. Or I just tell him, put them wherever you want. I, I, I don't care. We just have to know how to block every single thing. And so while we're running the play against the odd front, the even front guy that does our JV defense, He's moving them from a split to a 4-3, or he's, you know, blitzing, he's doing this, he's going Sam Will Jet and putting them wherever. And our kids got to recognize it, and they got to they gotta run the play. Friday night, man, they done seen it. They, they, they done seen everything that could be thrown at them, right? Yeah, that's, that's, that's the plan. It, it hasn't worked out like that a couple times <laughs> where we're like, we didn't show them that. I've never seen that before in my life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, there's some creative dudes out there that'll put you in some situations. You're like, how in the world do they even think about it? And it takes you a minute to figure out what they're doing, you know, to figure yeah. out how. 
it's it's funny. Um, and I imagine you probably get some interesting looks because if you're going to scout you, mid-triple is probably your number one, right, which means the ball's kicked a lot. And so they're probably trying to figure out how to get a perimeter fix. Yeah, yeah, I got you. I see what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. For sure. Well, Coach, let's talk about Jet, man. I love it. We run it a lot. Um, I'm curious, like, you know, I, I know you didn't go away from Rocket, but I'm curious – your thought process on how you decided, all right, hey, we've been running a rocket, we've been running a rocket, we run, what, what brought you to the jet world? And then, you know, what, what do you like about it? Uh, actually, our, our defense corner we used to have kept telling us all the time, it's like, with Kevin and Junebug, you guys need to run the jet. You guys need to run the jet. I mean, they're, they're so fast, they're so quick. They're running full speed, catching the ball. And Kevin was a great one-cut runner and get up the field and go. And he's just like, y'all should run that, y'all should run that. And finally, we just got tired of listening to him. We said, all right, well, let's look at it. And so we started putting in, we're like, well, yeah, Pearson was right. And it, it became a really good play for us. Um, but with those two kids that we had, both of them were great plays because they were just so dynamic runners. And, like, Kevin was so fast once he got behind you. I mean, he was – he went to a bunch of combines. I mean, he was clocked – he was a four four two guy. So, I mean, once he got the ball and he got behind you, I mean, it was over. Junebug is one of those guys that was it was pretty fast, but he was really, really quick. And so when he got the ball in his hands really fast on the jet and he could make one guy miss, and then it was pretty much gone. I mean, when those two guys touched the ball, they had a chance to score. And so Rocket was still a great play. But then those guys graduate, and Rocket became less of a, less of a play for us the next year because our two slots just – weren't that type of runner where they were getting the ball deep behind the line of scrimmage and just, it was slower. It hit so much slower and it just was, they were, a lot of people were stringing it out and stringing it out. We weren't gaining any yards and jet just got on you so fast. And the two kids that we have were really, really good one cut guys. And, and, you know, it turned into, we zone block it and turned into almost, you know, outside zone for us. Mm -hmm. And those two kids were just really good at it. And then the, over the years, we've carried them both and just kind of, it just kind of, I just go with how the season goes. I mean, yeah. maybe, and, and maybe one game, Rocket's working really good and Jet's not. And you call Jet a lot, or you call Rocket a lot more and you, and you don't call Jet as much. And then two weeks from now, you know, Jet hits for an 85 yard touchdown and you go back and you go into huddle and you look and you ran Rocket three times and you gained 12 yards. And for whatever reason, I have no idea why one works one week and one doesn't because we almost block it the exact same way. It's just that jet hits so fast and they get the ball and they get up the field and, and, they, and they go. And, and for whatever reason, our kids like running jet more for the most part. Um, I don't know. Just they, they, they tell us that too. They're like, Oh no, coach jet's so much better than rocket. And I, I can't give you the exact answer of why it is. I, I really don't know. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I know. It's an interesting it's an interesting dynamic, right? Because you, you carry both. And a lot of people want to know why you carry both, right? And 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 I and there are definite reasons for it. But when you're blocking a play almost the same, it, it boils down to the angle at which the kid's coming across, right? So depth to try to out leverage defense pre-snap versus a fast hitting play. You know what I mean? And so I think a lot of times the years that we've been really good is the years that our our slots were able to read the play side block of the A-back. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And when they're really good at that, 
and they can either if it's I see the numbers, I get vertical right now. If I don't see the numbers, I'm flat and get on the edge. I think the, the pace of the play really makes a difference. I think you hit on it. I really do. Um, the pace of the play, and the kids know it, just like you said. You know, they talk about how the jet hits so fast, right? So yeah. they know it. And so um, I think it's worth carrying both. Wouldn't you say that? Oh, for sure. I yeah. mean, and, and like you said, and it's just it, – it really depends on who you got back there with the ball. I mean, some kids feel more comfortable running it versus the other thing. Some kids like being further away from the line of scrimmage and get to see it a little bit more clear, and some kids like to hit it and go. And and also depend and, – and with Jet, too, what I've noticed is the defenses kind of try to try to, you know, force you back inside. And when they see that jet motion, they try to get out there real fast. And if you can out leverage them with an extra blocker, have an overset and let that guy run, we're going to kick that guy and we're going to send our inside receiver to the safety. And there's a big alley right there. Uh, or, you know, with rocket and with the motion, you can rocket can be a lot of place. You know, it can, it can look like, it can look like Vegas. It can look like a zone option, you know, depending on how, how wide he gets out there. So they can't react to it as much, but with jet, when we, we've noticed is that people start running to the jet. And so we've started running a lot of fakes off, off the jet as well. Yep. yep. Yeah. We run trap a lot off the jet. It just works out great. Um, Boy, yeah. yeah, it really is. Good little, good little series off of it for sure. I mean, yeah. I, I love, I love um, the counter off of rocket, you know, the counter GT yeah. off, off, off a of rocket is money. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, we started running. Uh, we started running the GF off of it with uh, handing it to the A back coming back the other way and and uh, having the fullback kicking and the guard lead up on the linebacker. Uh, and it's it's worked pretty good because that's what that's what the fullback does anyway. You know, kicks right. out backside. Right. And so we've had him kick and and the guard lead up on the linebacker. It it worked really good when we had a really good left guard. And, <laughs> you know, amazing how that works yeah. out for you. Uh, that kid went on, and he's still actually playing college football. So, yeah, it, it worked really good back then. And uh, it, it still works pretty good. You can solve the misdirection off of it, too. Yeah. That's right. So those, those two those two plays are like two series, if, if, if you will. They're, they're really really good, the complementary stuff off of it and the play action for sure. Now, now as far as practicing it, um, you know, people talk about how expensive it is. Would you say that, that it's not expensive to be able to do both? And then can you practice it in the same pod? Yeah, uh, that's one thing I probably missed on what we'll do on a, on a Tuesday sometimes too is, as well as we do what we call a timing period. And where we take out the option, sometimes we'll take the option drill out uh, or we'll, instead of seven on seven, we'll, we'll do a timing period. And sometimes it's a five-minute period, sometimes it's a 10-minute period. And we just get up there and we say, all right, run rocket, go. And we run it three times in a row with the with the left slot. We run it to the right. We run it three times in a row. Then we say, all right, we're running jet now. And we get our center over there, snap into the quarterback, and we work the timing of that. We throw a quick pitch in there as well, and then we'll throw the trap in there. And if you can get up there and get them fast, and you know you can run those four, three to four plays. You run them three times, so you run twelve plays. I Man, you give yourself you know seven seven to ten minutes to to do that, and then to coach if if you have to. Uh, but our kids have gotten really good and really used at it that sometimes we'll finish those and we're like, all right, well, let's do them again. We got, we got three more minutes until the, till the, till the horn goes off. So you can, uh, you got to kind of work at it and you just got to, if you put it in your plan, you're okay. And every once in a while we'll throw a quick pitch in there too. We'll say, all right, we're going to work bunch set and, and you know, we're getting trips flex and we'll, we'll run the quick pitch off of that too. And in, in, in our timing period. Yeah, that's excellent. 
That's good stuff. Yeah, we, we got it down. We're doing a uh, jet toss pod because, I mean, we pretty much block it. Mm, it's a little different, but play size is pretty much the same. You know what I mean? So, oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, we, it's, it's, yeah. Yeah, it's a good little, good little deal. Well, Coach, man, we can't thank you enough for coming on, man. It's awesome. You, you braved the weather. I see it's not lightning anymore back here. <laughs> so uh, we appreciate it. And uh, uh, tell, tell the listeners how they can get a hold of you, man. Well, what's the best way? It's, it's not. Yeah, we're good now. Uh, my last name, K-U-B-I-A-K, at wascomisd.net. Uh, that's you can email me there or um, you can just text me if you want to or, or call me my phone won't won't and won't tell me that you called or won't ring if I don't have your number in my in my phone now though but you can text me uh, my number is 903-280-0375 and then I really don't even remember what my name is on Twitter to be honest with you I think it's Kubiak at Kubiak Jeremy on, on, on Twitter uh, is, yeah. is how you yeah. find me yeah Good. Well, I'm sure there'll be some people reach out to you. Um, you know, you guys have been very successful doing it this way. And, you know, we, we can't thank you enough for coming on. And good luck, right? So you coach some other stuff, right? Yeah, I'm in the middle of soccer season right now, <laughs> which um, I I didn't play a whole lot of soccer growing up. In fact, you got to find you a kicker, man. Uh, hey, man, we, we've got a lot. We've got a lot out of there. Uh, so yeah, the soccer, soccer team has been, it's been a learning experience. I mean, this is my fifth year doing soccer. Uh, I've learned a lot about it along the way. It's actually a really fun sport because the kids that play soccer love to play soccer. Yeah. Uh, so it, it's, it's really fun, uh, just being out there with those kids and, and most of them are football players anyway. You know, we're like, we only have 260 kids in our entire school. So a lot of our kids do a lot of different stuff, uh, but I've been, yeah, I've been the baseball coach before. I've been the soccer coach, and then I, now I'm now I am the soccer coach, and uh, now I also help out with track a, a, as well. And actually, tomorrow I'm working a powerlifting meet for us. So we got a lot of stuff in the spring going on in Wascom. Yeah, yeah, man, we're a lot of hats. <laughs> you got, you got out in Virginia, man. Y'all get to play football. That's what I wish I was doing. Yeah, no, we, yeah. we're fired up, man. We're excited. So we'll see how it goes. But yeah. good luck with everything, man. Hey, y'all too. Appreciate y'all having me on, man. Yeah, yeah it's awesome. Thank you. Yeah, 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 absolutely. That's going to wrap this episode of the Mesh Point Podcast. Hope you enjoyed it. You can download or listen to our podcast at iTunes, Spotify, or the Google Podcast app. You can go on and rate us if you think we're any good and leave us some comments that you might think uh, you'd like to hear about in future episodes. Again, I'm Matt McLeod. You can reach me on Twitter at RunTheTriple. Again, that's at RunTheTriple. Our MeshPoint podcast uh, has its own Twitter page, and that is at the MeshPoint. Again, at the MeshPoint. You can also find me on FlexBoneNation.com. I have an option blog there and write articles and have plays uh, that can help you out particularly during the season. All right, Tony, I want you to let the listeners know how they can get you on social media. All right, guys, go to Three Face Football on Twitter at Three Face Football, and uh, you'll you'll be able to follow my account. And um, the cool thing about it is, is every Monday we do something called Mesh Point Monday, 
and basically I'll post out four questions concerning a triple option topic. And it's a great opportunity for coaches all around uh, the country and uh, to, to get together and network and, and uh, get to know each other and, you know, talk about some kind of triple option topic. So catch, uh, catch that every Monday, 8 o'clock Eastern. And uh, what you want to do is search the hashtag MeshPoint to see everybody's responses uh, to, to the four questions. Uh, like I said, great, great way to uh, build our networks and, and, and learn some things. It's like an ongoing webinar on Twitter, so it's real cool. Also, check out the website, threefacefootball.net. Uh, we've got some cool gear, like Fear the Veer, you'll see in the background here. Uh, Fear the Veer stuff, uh, mesh point gear, and, and other things like that. So uh, go check out that website as well. Thank mm-hmm. you.